Welcome to MGO Podcast 14.14. Congratulations to all the new Big Ten champions out there, but especially Bernard Robinson. Um, is F around and find out, like, a common saying? You could say it. No, do, do people just, is it, is it a thing, like, that's relatively common? Like, if you just wrote that on something, people wouldn't say you just made that up. Fuck around and find out, yes. yeah. Yeah, okay. Because there, <laughs> there were a lot of those shirts that were being sold yesterday. What? Outside the stadium. I kept trying to buy them for Craig. Really? Yeah, I was like, I was trying to haggle with the guy. Guy's like, well, you won't find this at Target. <laughs> and so I was... I was trying. Wait, was it, I was like, Craig, you want one of those shirts? He's was, like, was, huh? was it like with the score of the Ohio State game on it or something? No, no, that's all it said. That's all it said. Yeah, because there's other ones that are like Biatch, I'm a Wolverine, and all oh. that stuff. And so we were walking in, and there's all these shirts that people are hawking outside the, the Ann stadium. Arbor, F in Virginia, exactly yeah. things like that. And I, I yeah, kept trying guys. to get Craig. Craig, you want one of those shirts? I'll get you one of those shirts. Yeah. He he didn't want one, but the guys were selling them. Overheard me. And we're like, yeah, yeah, man. Hey, come over here. Come here. I got a deal for you. And I was like, Craig, we can get one. You he shouldn't. Did, he didn't know what to do. You shouldn't troll the vendors. <laughs> they're trying to make a sale. I know they're trying to make a sale, but you're you're trolling them, and then you know they might react poorly to your lack of interest in their merchandise. I'm sure my comments. Was are... there a larger point here, or? <laughs> no, but you didn't seem to have anything to say. Well, so I thought I'd talk <clears throat> about an experience that happened yesterday. That was. I, I, so I was wondering, like, is this just like a. Because that's what it is somebody a, it wanted. It's a wildly popular internet okay. uh, slogan. But somebody said that, one, one, like a Michigan State player retweeted it after uh, the incident, right? Yes, Maybe? because, yes, <sighs> yes. Uh, I can't remember. former Michigan State It was like from it, years yeah. ago. Oh, the tight end. Was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah guy Baker deserved, or something. That guy deserved every yeah. boot he got. I'm like, all right. If we're going to find out. Yeah. yeah, and so then I, I was like, why is Michigan making these shirts? I mean, I guess... Michigan is not making the shirts. They, okay, just, not not Michigan. No, no, no. Why are... Because they, they make shirts for, like, the level of person who would buy a <laughs> very dumb t-shirt we on should, the way to a game. We should, uh, <laughs> we should, like, make an MGO blog version of the shirt with Dave's face that says, like, dink around and find out. <laughs> so, like, what, whatever the most wholesome possible says, phrase could be. Dink around. I, I, dink around I and I, find I, out. I, that's <laughs> Putts around and find yeah, out. That's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, Michigan is the Big Ten champions for the second consecutive year <coughs> with a, oh, God, what was it, the 43 to 25? 45-23. <laughs> <laughs> Got that one stuck Wait, on your brain, do you, Seth? It, tw- it was 21 points. What? <laughs> they won by 21 points. Right. So it's 43 to 22. Right. Because Purdue kicked 11 field goals. Right. And uh, they did better than Ohio State. It's <laughs> a very Brian score, uh, 43 to 22. It, oh, once you start getting into like uh, the number of field goals that they're kicking, then yeah, it does get better. Yeah. Yes. And for once, it was the other team kicking all the field goals, which is good. Uh, but, especially uh, for, well, that's, that's a different segment, but I thought they kicked a lot of field goals. Yes. I mean, the overall tenor here was just sort of Michigan trying not to blow it, and they managed to not blow it. I mean, it's, Purdue did a bunch of things that we'll get into, but like overall, just talent level, they would have had to turn it over a lot. They would have had to not really impose themselves at any point in the game. 
And the outcome here, I think Purdue put up a pretty good fight, but just, you know. I mean, they played, Alex said they in the first half they played about as well as they possibly oh, could I mean, have, and, and they were still losing. O'Connell played out of his mind. Yeah. And Chuck Sizzle played out of his <laughs> Chuck mind. Chuck Sizzle. I'm so glad that I, I didn't but have to listen to that. I love that. I love it. It is so deserved. So Gus Johnson is still <clears throat> on your Gus Mount, John- Mount, Mount Rush. Chuck Sizzle floor. deserves Gus Johnson saying the word Chuck yeah. Sizzle. Like after spending time in Iowa, you deserve to go and get a thousand yards somewhere. Because like, West Lafayette is so much kid, different than kid, Eastern well, Iowa. It is different in terms of like where you're going to well, get the ball. That's true. He went over it, once you get inside the stadium this year in this game. Although. Gus Johnson did call Purdue Iowa one point during the That's game true. while they were running a fake point. A punt. <laughs> Completely understandable. <laughs> Completely acceptable. Spiritually correct. Yes. Well done, Gus Johnson. Speaking who is of perfect. spiritually correct. <laughs> well done. That was that was actually a good segue. We'd like to thank our sponsors. Thank you to Underground Printing for making this all possible. UGP makes custom apparel such as t-shirts and sweatshirts and was founded by two Michigan loves over 20 years ago. If you think I slur this, possibly it's because this copy needs some work. They have three retail locations in Ann Arbor and offer thousands of University of Michigan athletic products for sale, ranging from clothing to accessories and memorabilia. That's a mouthful, Seth. Watch out. Are you, yelling? Are you yelling at, at our check, sponsor? Check this be me. No, just... I'm yelling at you for putting this in the sponsor reads <laughs> channel and then and then getting on me because you're like, oh, why don't you like not marble mouth this sentence that's 25 words long? Check them out at UGPMichiganApparel.com or check out our selection of sorts on the MGOBlogStore.com. We would also like to thank our associate sponsors, <laughs> Peak Wealth Management, Homeshire Lending, Ann Arbor Elder Law. Michigan Law Grad, Human Element, the Phil Klein Insurance Group, Venue by 4M, where we're recording right now, and Ticket IQ. To all the listeners, just in case you were wondering, Brian is in a good mood today. What? He's a very, I, this is Brian when he's in a good mood. I explained this, this to I people got, last I got night. accused of being this dour. Is, this is Brian yeah. when he is all the we way We were here at up. Venue for the watch party. There were various cocktails being consumed, and I'm watching the game, and I'm... You didn't have a cocktail, did I you? I had a beer. Oh, okay. Once the game was over. And he wasn't jumping no. up and down like we're 13 and 0. Well, they, well, they, like, scored, they scored a touchdown, and everybody's like, in my hotel up. room at 3 a.m., I was like, got out of the shower, and I was getting ready for bed, and they just started jumping up and down. That's I didn't not, even mean to. Just I not, had to explain to people that's not just what I Brian. Do. Yeah, I just like, I'm, <laughs> I'd be like, this is, this is what he's like. I'm a this picture is happy of Brian. I am a picture of focus. I am all observation and projection. I'm, I am a. Uh, projection. Well, I'm, I'm like projecting what's going to happen in the future. I'm thinking about the implications of everything at all times. And it takes focus. It takes concentration. See, so see, I don't got time you're to like, high five you, anybody. You were supposed to be like the fan. I, like, I, I started what? reading you because like, right. I'm sick of like the journalist, quote, journalists who pretend that they don't care. Journalists. I care very deeply. And, you, and your whole thing, like when, when I first started reading MGO Blog, is like, I am not a journalist. That is the point. That's right. Correct. And, and here you are like, I am going to quietly watch the game, and I'm going to take it all in. And after we score a touchdown, I'm going to watch the extra point. Okay, this because is... Because I need to is, analyze this the extra ho- point. This is horseshoe theory. <laughs> Will Jake Moody convert? No, and it's not that. For the it's 700th like, like, extra like, point. And now I'm like, I'm like, all right, well, what are we going to do on the next... Whatever. It's horseshoe theory. Like, So there's people who don't care and don't react. Uh-huh. And there's people who do care, and then they react. And then there's people who care so much... That they don't that react. That they don't react. Yeah, all right, and I buy that's that. that's me. All right. That's... I, I, I mean, but people... 
rotate through those different spots, sure. right? You're not always in w- stuck in one corner of the horseshoe, are you? Uh, no. But mostly officiating is what breaks me out. Like, <laughs> you, you, you absolute are you slovenly loser. Are we, Calling an embellishment on a guy who got checked into the end boards? Well, that's <laughs> that's a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Big Ten champs, two years in a row. So who would have thought that? Like, right? Like I so, did. I predicted all of this. So <laughs> <laughs> do not look up anything I Seth wrote is, in 2020. Seth is picking up the other soundboard and I'm about to bash Brian over the head with it right now. Do not. But no, no, not even 2020. I'm talking about like. Like when the 2018 game ended, yeah, and then you're trying to find some reason to be excited for 19, and you think, okay, maybe they do the speed and space thing, and their offense kind of explodes and whatever, and they have a what subpar 19 season, like yeah, and then it's just like, is this like we're five years into the Harbaugh era? He had his great shot in 16, mm-hmm. 17, they still could have won, but didn't, but they'd already lost four games. 18 was like, I mean, we were all before that game just, I think we got this one. And I mean, they clearly did not. Touchdown favorite going into that game. And then 19 is sort of sliding back down the hill, and you're like, maybe this is done. Like, Yeah. I mean, well, we talked I mean about- the podcast that we had after that 19 Ohio State game is like, maybe we beat them again, sure, because we get six turnovers and they decide they don't care anymore. But like now, I mean, we talked last week about how maybe Michigan is the better program right now. And now you're looking at me like 13 and Oh, I, I don't know that I ever in my Michigan fandom, maybe like, okay, after 97 or something when I was 12, but like, Oh yeah, Michigan's going to go back to back champs. They'd be 13 and Oh, and they still have another game. They could be 14 and Oh, they could be, <laughs> they could be 15 and Oh, and not like in my dream, but in, this might happen. So the dream has changed for me. Okay. Because my dream in 2016, when I was like, ooh, we're getting Rashawn Gary, the number one recruit in the yeah. country. And everything, right? My dream in 2016 was we're going to get to the level where Alabama is. And just like Michigan recruits itself. Do you want to play the best football and best school in the world? Mm. Or do you want to play anywhere that is less than that? I thought that was where... That is tremendously naive. I, well, <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be Alabama. But I was thinking like we'd compete with them. I thought Harbaugh could get them to the level where if you get a, you know, they get a few five stars on the top. Uh, and they'd be going to the play, playoffs all the time. Well, the truth is they needed a quarterback. They needed, they needed a quarterback. But they also needed an identity. And I think that they – that Harbaugh, we thought that, that was going to be easy. I mean, like, the guy is a Michigan guy. He was coming here. He was, you know, is, he was going to be, you know, Bo continued, right, except well, for I mean, with more Harbaugh-ness. They did have that. I mean, we go into the 16 game, and that game looks like you expect it to look like. Mm-hmm. There's that goal line sequence where it's Khalid Hill on fourth and an inch, and there's just, like, fullback dive time, and the mountains meet – at the goal line, and Hill manages to get into the end zone. And that felt like, you know, what the program was supposed to be. And you, know, you can't get Wilton Spate healthy to the game, and that's why well, you lose, basically. there were things that Harbaugh needed to clean up, like offensive line capabilities and then offensive line depth and, you know, yeah. depth at different positions, things that we talked again about last week that he started to do. He needed not only a well, healthy I mean, trigger I, puller, but like a, an NFL trigger puller. Well, and, and we're not like over the hump yet either, right? No, no, no. Like, you have this year you're set up pretty well, next year you're set up pretty well, but if you look at this incoming recruiting class, 
you know, they got a lot of work to do. And realistically, at this point, they're going to be doing it in the 24 class. Probably. So salvage job. And then you got to hope that, you know, you can go get your Mason's Graham and Colston's Loveland, who are ranked as pretty decent four stars and are clearly not misranked. Right? <laughs> I mean, you just named two guys who popped very late in a cycle. Not this late. Right. And cycle, Michigan, like, Michigan has been very good at doing their own evaluations and getting ahead of the curve on guys that uh, Ohio State is not going to take. And, you know, two guys like that are Donovan Edwards and J.J. McCarthy. Well, Ohio State wanted, wanted, they, they wanted, they wanted Edwards. They wanted they? Edwards. They, bad, but they yeah. took Trayvon Henderson. Yeah. And they took uh, Kyle McCord. Who we'll probably see next year. Probably. But, you know, those scouts were wrong. Ohio State messed up the scout. And Michigan has not been doing that too much. I mean, there's always going to be misses and stuff. But, like, when there's, like, this is our high-priority guy, there's reason to expect that those guys will overperform. And they got to get some things fixed, especially when it comes to just being organized on the recruiting trail. But they've really given themselves a base to go from here. And we got to see what happens with the coaching turnover in the offseason. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be some, but we don't want to lose both coordinators again and have Harbaugh flirting with the NFL and stuff. So there's a <clears throat> there's work to be done, and there are things to be ironed out probably on the back end of things in the administration. But I mean, back to back Big Ten champs and thirteen and zero. Like, tell me that during like the COVID year or something. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, your your margins are so small. What I what I was well, going for though is that I think Harbaugh's a better coach now than he was in 2016. I think that he's not making mistakes now with his hiring that he was making before. He's still making some mistakes, and I think that the, well, we just talked about the recruiting. Because he's a human being. Yeah, but he's he notices mistakes and fixes them, and this is how you have a long tenure versus someone who that sometimes you just identify, okay, this is the thing that the guy can't do, and then you get sick of that being a problem all the time, and you don't. I and, mean, and it's and it's done. And Beeline did that. Yeah, he had great offenses. His defenses couldn't really stop anybody once they got to a certain level. And he said, fine, okay, we'll bring in a defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. And he got a couple of guys who did that. And all of a sudden, then he reinvented the program again. Yeah, and that's a rare thing to see after three or four or five years. Or in Beeline's case, I think it was 10. Pushing 10, yeah. yeah. And it seems like th- there was like a moment where after the COVID year, he's like, well, I got to change some things. And he went to his brother. Mm-hmm. And... That's a resource that not everybody gets to have. And, you know, bringing in the Ravens guys to reset the meta on the defense and um, getting a real paradigm shifter at quarterback. And why don't we segue into talking about the offense in this game? J.J. McCarthy only throws the ball 17 times. And it feels like a lot more than that. It did. It felt like he threw the ball an awful lot, completes 11 of those. And several of those completions are him making something up outside the pocket. And also one very bad incompletion uh, that was intercepted. but Technically a completion. Or uh, not technically. Technically Technically an incompletion. Spiritually, as you like to say, a completion. So he didn't run the ball in this game except I think once. Yeah, he pulled it one time and And, didn't get a block. Yeah, Cornelius Johnson messed up his block and that was... But... Um, his legs were still a huge factor in this game. And if you combine his ability to get outside of the pocket with an actual quarterback run game, Michigan's going to be tough to stop. And they got a month now. 
And I hope that they go back and they look at the tape of what happened against Penn State, what happened against Ohio State, and the difficulties they had on the ground in this game. Because if you go back and you look at these plays, when it was two yards, the almost all the time the reason it was two yards was because there was a free hitter in the gap. So stack box. Yeah, I mean, Purdue is like, we're going to be plus one in the box most of the game. and Which is what Illinois did, which is what yeah. Ohio State did. I don't and, then, get, yeah. and then when Donovan Edwards was not presented with the stack box, those are the plays that are going seven or eight yards before safety is able to come in and clean it up. Like, the blocking here was almost entirely on point. And the reason that the run game starts scuffling is because you got a guy that you're not really dealing with. And there are different ways to do that. It doesn't always have to be quarterback run. There can be misdirection and all that stuff. But fundamentally, if you're not using your quarterback's legs on a regular basis, it's hit or miss whether you're going to be able to deal with the free hitter. And, of course, the Donovan Edwards run to open the second half, he's got a cornerback right there, Mm -hmm. and he makes a move. And I'm like, I'm watching this, and I'm like, how the hell am I going to RPS this? (laughs) Because he runs out of bounds? No, because the RPS is Oh, the RPS, right. Sorry. If you deliver a free hitter to a guy at the line of scrimmage and it goes for two yards, that's a minus because you didn't really have a plan to block that guy. If you deliver Donovan Edwards to a cornerback in a fair amount of space, well, that might be a little bit different. But <laughs> I don't know, like, because there's a there's a play later in the game where that cornerback gets more aggressive, forces Donovan Edwards back inside, and a guy cleans it up, and that's a loss. I think mm-hmm. almost identical play, and like, which one like, is that a <laughs> tactical win or a tactical loss? I don't know, because you know the coaches. Who are like, oh, that guy's got to execute. Well, look at that from a Purdue perspective. I'm like, well, that guy's got to make the tackle. Mm-hmm. But from a Michigan perspective, that's a cornerback against Donovan Edwards. Uh, it might be a dub. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's real hard to tell. <clears throat> but I, I do get frustrated because when you don't give it that five, six carry like approach where it's like, okay, this is going to be a chunk here. This is going to be a chunk there. And then they have to pay attention to it. It's going to feel like that first half where you're like, well, what's wrong with the run game? And it's not the blocking. Yeah. It's it's a tactical issue. And So does this go back to Alex's thing where Harbaugh doesn't respect the opponent and he's just going to do what he does and, like, I'm not breaking out the Ohio State game plan for this team? Um, I think that there's something to it. And you, know, you don't want to get J.J. McCarthy hit or hurt, right? I mean, this team is mm-hmm. – I mean, it's really good for Michigan that there's a month before the playoff game, right? Because yeah. they are coasting in on fumes in terms of personnel. Yeah. Like, they have really kind of scraped the bottom of the barrel here with some of the, like, position groups. Like, tight end, pretty banged up. Like, we saw Jamon Green go out of this And game. they've also played, like, 13 games. That's, like, yeah. the majority of an NFL season. <laughs> but there's just, uh, you know, it kind of feels like they are worried about – getting their most important player dinged up in a game where they're probably going to win even if they don't do that. When and you already have your best player on offense and your best player on defense in street clothes. Yeah, and it, it kind of feels like, I mean, they're making calculations. Their calculations were correct. Michigan wins this game fairly comfortably. You were never nervous, were you? Yeah, I was nervous. I mean, at halftime, you're up by a point. They were moving the ball. Like, mm-hmm. Were you was, nervous? This was not like being up a point against Penn State where it's just like, this is good. I, I understand. It, I understand. I, I, I thought that, I mean, I, I believe in Michigan's second half so much. Yeah. Um, but I thought that Purdue had a really good plan. I thought Purdue, I, we'll get into the other side of the ball, but I mean, they they had us down. I they, they were prepared for this game. And 
on this side of the ball. Like they they were jumping over gaps a second before we snapped. Yeah, they were. Um, Michigan had to go to, and this kind of shows you how Michigan appro- Michigan's approach was. It was like, oh, we'll just go to split zone the rest of the game. And then we just use a whole lot of play action. But the play action was working. I mean, they were bringing guys off the edge. Uh, they had those two heavy ends, and those guys were really rocking the, the offensive tackles back. And that was I was concerned about. But, like, every single time, every single time, I don't think he took a sack this game, did he? No, he he was able to escape from some pretty dodgy situations and then make positive plays out of most of them. Mm-hmm. And a couple of them were like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, he has the ability to throw across his body and for it to not be a bad idea. So the thing about the interception is that nobody in college football except a very select group of people should be looking at Donovan Edwards. But J.J. McCarthy is one of those people. Yeah. Because Donovan Edwards just kind of releasing downfield, and that's a throw where it's like, oh, it's late. It's kind of across the middle. You can't do that. J.J. McCarthy can't. And the rip he had for the Bell touchdown was like, <laughs> that was okay. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, the Schoonmaker touchdown was not dissimilar, where he's <laughs> rolling hard to his right and slightly back behind. Yeah. Now, it wasn't as far, but, I, I mean, mean, that was another great throw. There he, is had, he had a couple throws in zones where he like over linebackers on a line in a tight spiral and I'm like well that for my angle I was like well that could be tipped and it was like no it, it will well, not be tipped there's the one that Bell dropped yeah and that was just a, it was a beautiful throw but he also could have put a little air and let him like run underneath that one because Bell was behind the defense Maybe. I still I mean, think that's but like you, I, I don't think I could that's, you can't knock JJ for that that's throw. like no. that's like in between but but Bell's like, he doesn't jump, right? And he doesn't get off the ground. He's just running, puts his hands up, and, like, he, I don't know. I, I, I just think that, like, not, There was no way it was going to be a, a catch three for Bell, right? Like, maybe that not. Was, that was going to be a hard catch regardless. And yeah. It's just like, yeah. do you expect him to make that catch, or is it like, well, that was a little high and it's downfield? Well, it's not a D.O., but it's a catchable ball, is it not? Probably, yeah. And, I mean, the... I can't believe he only had 11 completions in this game because, like, they're... All of them were awesome. <laughs> Remember every single one of them? <laughs> like, everyone is like, oh, my God, that's a dime. Yeah. Uh-huh. And... He, should, he could have had the one to Wilson that they ball moved a little. That was... I mean, that was not a dime. No, that that was... That that was incomplete because he threw it, like, yeah. on the ground. That's, like that's a catching round done yeah. to the five if, yeah. if Wilson it doesn't get taken off his feet. So there were, there were some hiccups in there, but we start talking about... What happens when J.J. McCarthy has to go win a game? I don't think we're there yet. Like I don't think that's going to work against Georgia. But uh, you can see, no. you can see where next year you might be able to do that. Like, well, I think that we thought. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it was me, and and you guys are a little more rational. But I was like, okay, I think this guy's going to be really good, and I expect him to come with all these weapons, a good O line, a phenomenal run game, and just be a guy that can distribute the ball really well. And I think he has. I, I'm not downplaying that, but I probably just built it up too much in my mind. But now you're talking about, like, you know, theoretical next year of coming back as a as a junior, and you're like, I don't know. I mean, this is the guy that you, we've sort of been waiting for since he's on Henny, the- like like senior Henny, who's just like, oh, we need we need to win a game. Oh, go go ahead, JJ, you got this. Senior Henny didn't have an arm anymore. Well, yeah. okay, but like, yeah, junior Henny, but whatever. But, but that's like, so. McCarthy is still one or two steps away from that. Yeah. Because he gets out of the pocket a bunch. He makes some great throws on the run. That's great. But on the Schoonmaker touchdown, he has Ronnie Bell wide open on a drag. 
mm-hmm. he sits in the pocket, Michigan scores anyway. And teams are going to start taking that away from him. And they're going to give him the Sean Clifford treatment, which is pretty good because if you're getting mush rush and it's like we're just going to try to keep this guy in the pocket, like I think J.J. McCarthy can cut that up. But he's gonna. That's like a step he's gonna have to make, right? Like the the throw to Bell for the touchdown on third and eleven, obviously something that's part of his tool set. Consistency, reading through things, knowing where to go with the ball. Like if he gets to where Aiden O'Connell is in terms of like I'm facing his own coverage, I got it. Game over. First pick in the draft, kind of stuff. Yep. But that's probably on the table. It's maybe. Yeah. I mean, not this year, and maybe we'll see next year. But like. I, there's from what I've seen from him and the growth in the different ways he's grown in his game. I'm not sure what isn't on the table. I mean, this I think he's on track. I think this is what a true sophomore looks like when he's on the way there. And you go back and look at all these guys and like, what do they look like as true sophomores? The best of them were in systems that allowed them to throw the ball a lot and did not have them making a ton of like. You have to like make the read beforehand, figure out exactly where to go, put it exactly on the guy, throw it into coverage. Like the, that level of quarterbacking, it just it takes a lot of quarterbacking to get there. Yeah. My only concern is that you know this felt like a JJ McCarthy throwing the ball around the field game, and he has 17 passes. Yeah. <laughs> so what happens if he needs 45? I mean, part of that is just because Michigan. Uh, did not have many plays in this game because Purdue was running yeah. a ton of like they drove the field over and over again. This is going to be fifty-five plays. This I is going to be a rare uh, game where I have fewer plays to chart than Great. Seth does this year. <laughs> um, you cannot complain. No, about. no. I, I <laughs> <laughs> Although you had some fun games this year, you got to do Penn State offense. So yeah, that was that was pretty all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's all on the table for him. And with what looks like a wide receiver core next year that should be pretty good. I, I know we've kind of like like Cornelius Johnson didn't come in quite as hot as we were hoping to. And Ronnie Bell's been good but not great. You know, I think adding Colston Loveland to all this is going to solve a lot of problems. Well, and they're going to get all back. They're going to get all back. And I like Eric All. I think he's a good, solid player. He's not going to run a wheel route against a safety and then back shoulder it and it doesn't even look like it's hard he's gonna do exactly that next year just to screw with ryan <laughs> i mean well, we, and we're gonna point it out we're we, like yeah you do remember we, last year seen, when you were like we've seen eric all yeah we've seen the routes they run with eric all they are not targeting him downfield 45 yards down the field against ohio state eric all does not move like colson loveland moves it's true and what was the last time michigan chucked it up for a guy to catch it Jake Butt. Yeah. And and if you have a guy with that catching radius, like if he's the target on that bell shot that we were talking about that was missed, mm-hmm. that's a completion because, yeah, he didn't leap. He didn't have to. Yeah. He's 6'5". He's got crazy Gumby arms. Like, I think... He might still be running, too. Yeah. And, I mean, he's, his blocking is acceptable. And that's all it has to be. Mm-hmm. For a true freshman tight end. Right, and like I mean, like it's like I, we're gonna have a situation next year where I'm gonna look at the phone books, and I think there's a wrong answer in the phone books this year. <laughs> Why? Because like, Colston Loveland, if he adds 15 pounds, I don't know if that's the move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we saw what happened with with uh, Corum. Corum added a bunch of weight, and 
it, that was the move for Blake Corum because it made him hugely effective in all the things that consist of driving piles and getting through tackles and stuff. But he did lose some of that downfield fluidity and speed. Fine. Because he had that to burn. Right. And, and like Colson Loveland, if his blocking is okay, then you just leave him where he's at. And well, because he's going to get fundamentally better, right? Like right. he's and he's going to get he's 18, so he's going to get bigger and stronger just because he's going to transition from being yeah. a high school kid to being, you know, an NFL project. So, you do you need to bulk him up? No, I mean you're probably going to add some weight just by becoming a man, becoming a college yeah. player instead yeah. of a high school player. But other than that, you just kind of keep him where he's at and make him. Wide receiver one next year, probably. <laughs> For real. Like, well, target one. Yeah. I mean, functionally, I mean, he's like the he's like the Georgia guys, right? Yeah. Or the never-ending Notre Dame tight end, where it's like, is he a tight end? Yes. Is he a wide receiver? Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, ugh, that catch, man. It, it was Jake Butt. It was better than Jake Butt. It was more fluid than Jake Butt. It was Devin Funches. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Devin Funches was the worst blocker I have ever seen. <laughs> well, that might have had a little bit to do with uh, motives, but uh. the worst blocker I have ever seen on any level. Was Mike Gesicki. I was going to say, is he worse than Mike Gesicki? <laughs> yes. Because once I mean, in a while, it's hard, it's hard to tell. Like, like we're talking about like the absolute zero of blocking here. <laughs> I don't know if the Kelvin scale goes that low, and so I think he's on Funches. He's going to be on Funches's level. As a receiver, and he's also a decent blocker. I mean, that's it. So we're plus they have all, and they'll have Bredesen. So you have so you have like different <laughs> yeah, things you, got... you can do. You can put him in different positions, and still have other tight ends. So you don't need him to be tight end one who's like anchored to the line all the time. If right. you want to run certain levels of power, and, and you'll all have that. you'll have Hibner, and you'll have some offensive lineman who can come in. And, Marlon Klein. I mean, they've got tight ends coming out their ears, and I think we've seen with Georgia too, like. In modern college football, when everybody is preparing for spread, 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 being able to put out two and three tight end sets that are have dual threat guys is a huge advantage. But this is what we originally thought six, seven years ago, right? With um, T.J. Wheatley and the guy who went to Asiasi. Yeah, Devin yeah. Asiasi. Well, both those guys washed out. Well, Asiasi's in the NFL. Well, I mean, At, they at left Michigan. Michigan as college players, and yeah. like, and Wheatley just couldn't like they kept trying to move him into the offensive line because he kept getting too big. Yeah. And it's just like, that was a huge missed opportunity because if those guys actually played up to their talent level at Michigan, we're probably talking about a, a different history of the Harbaugh era, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you still need a guy to get him the ball, but yes. Yeah. Uh, so, But that's kind of where we're at now. Yeah, and, and Loveland, I mean, this game kind of heralded next year a lot, right? Because you, you have J.J. taking a much more aggressive role you have Colson Loveland doing what he did, and he didn't have much of an impact after his catch, but that's because he, he was hurt. He I was think hurt, you know they brought him back in the second half, I believe. Right, and then the third guy, Edwards, Donovan Edwards. Yeah, because what did we say going into this year? Stop lower on your shoulder. <laughs> You're Donovan Edwards. Yeah, and on the sixty yarder, he doesn't lower his shoulder. He's like, I'm going to go around you because you. I'm Donovan Edwards. And you, and you, and no, you. That's, and that's the oh, other one. Okay, that's, and then the twenty seven yarder yeah. where he's that just was, like, that's the one. I'm talking that's the about. run where you're like, 
okay, yeah, it's like now we're starting to move up a notch in like, terms of running back. Did I turn on the wrong channel? Is this the Olympics? Is he participating in the solemn? <laughs> seven guys. There are seven guys you took care of on that play. Well, and there was one that Anthony, Anthony took care of. I mean, I'm, like there were two guys that were delivered to him who could have taken him in the back. Taken no, down in the backfield. There was enough of a block on on the one of them. Well, it was Loveland, and he was losing he the got, block. He and got, when he, he gets when he got stopped by the other guy. Yeah, he, he I would enough. not like negative Loveland's block, but yeah. he, because the other guy shows up in the hole, then he's got to deal with the guy coming off of Loveland. Yeah. Well, he's 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 coming down because they're scrape exchanging. Mm-hmm. And he comes he comes down too hot. And yeah. part of that is because uh, Carson Barnhart has just obliterated a linebacker across. Like, he shoves that guy and he moves three yards and then he moves on to another guy. Mm-hmm. And that guy is able to come back into the play because uh, uh, Zinter doesn't pop off and finish him off. But I was like, okay, Carson. And so that guy has more ground to cover than ideally he wants to. Right. And he comes in too hot and... Donovan Edwards now feels like a guy who's going to make you pay for that. And there's still a little bit that I think he can find because when he's getting seven or eight yards downfield and the safety is filling, he's taking those shots head on. Mm-hmm. And he just needs to get a little bit of Karan Higdon in him, get that little wiggle going, and then those shots are going to be on the side, and then you're getting two or three more yards on all those plays. Yeah, he, I mean, he also had that play where – he stops in the backfield, gets a linebacker because their linebackers were just hopped up on goofballs sometimes, just throwing themselves. And I think they were they're blitzing the middle linebacker all the time. That's my line, by the way. <sighs> Excuse me. Excuse me. What was your prediction for the score of this game? Uh, I, I, I stole your stick. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yeah. It's pretty accurate, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's why it works. Um, but yeah, he stops in the backfield, gets a linebacker to to commit to a backside gap. And then he's bouncing out the outside, and there's a safety who he just runs around and runs outside for I think it was like a 15 yard game. 16, yeah, yeah. And then like I mean the that's what we've been asking for too. Like well, and the hesitation, right? Like, right. We force a guy to commit to a gap. Yeah. And then and then go do your thing. And yeah. so his his downshifting has been hugely improved over the course of the season because I remember early in the season I was like I don't know about Edwards because he's not doing these things. There was a particular couple runs where Quorum and Edwards had exactly the same blocking. Mm-hmm. Quorum hesitated, yeah. made a guy commit, got eight yards, he got two. And I think he's come a, a, a long way. And then once he's on the open field, that's Wheatley's speed. Mm-hmm. That is electric. And I don't know why he went out of bounds on the long one. There was somebody being blocked down by the goal line. There so was. There was another guy in front get of down him. He, had five. he yeah. had five plus more on yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. And that. And so when he faded out of bounds, it was, it was like, Quorum when he faded out of bounds mm-hmm. against Illinois, and yeah. I was like, "Oh no, you got to be kidding me!" And mm-hmm. then he kind of like with his big smile, like jogs back onto the field, and we're like, "Okay," and he's in like a play or two later, and you're like, "Well, I guess he's fine." I don't know what that was, but yeah, it's been a little bit strange when it comes to the sideline for Michigan players. Was it was it interesting to you that we didn't see Stokes at all? Ah, uh, yeah, I, I I was a little puzzled by that. Was, because was he hurt against Ohio State or something? I don't think so. He only had two carries. He had a couple of carries. Didn't go. Very good reason that he didn't get more. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he did reemerge later in that game for a couple of spot snaps. I thought people people were talking like at the end of the game, like he'd gotten dinged up or something. I, I don't maybe. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, Mullings, who we I guess we were correct. He was number two on the depth chart for. For thick back. Yeah. <laughs> just 
quorum was taking up all the like, number ones. All our takes are like coming in right under the wire. Right. Well, they gave him a lot of carries for a yeah. guy who had one and I guess a pass this year. So oh, he yeah. had two offense, real offensive plays, and he got eight carries. Now they only had twenty six yards. He also like looked okay on some of those. Well, twenty six yards because they're fourth and two and right. third and one that kind of. Well, thing. and he but they gave him the ball. I think it was was it inside the ten from yeah. the eight, and he got like six and right almost pulled Edwards out run. of it. Yeah, after, right after Edwards ran out of bounds, and then they yeah. they punch it in from the touchdown, and it's just like, well, is this guy gonna go down? No, he's just all right. They did the, the Burley touchdown where they brought in El Hadi as a fullback. Yeah. Holy cow. They had a seven-man OL, I think, yeah. with two yeah. tight ends. They did that and further one of back, them was too, Honigford, later. who's a former OL. Right. So. Honigford and Bredesen were the tight ends, and then they brought in El Hadi and Jones, I think, yeah. and added them to the normal. Because I remember watching them come on, and I was like, well, oh, who, what linemen are coming off? None. 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 Okay. Yeah, just kind of lurch their <laughs> this way. This is like the that Stanford zone. little yeah. thing. I, I, think, I think he might be kind of viable next year especially once mullings yeah like I yeah think he's not going to be a linebacker anymore they'll get hill yeah. green back he, he, he also got depth. two linebackers now yeah that didn't go well but. well and we've yeah we've that's that we've, is we've addressed that yes on the blog this year we can focus on the positive. mullings right. is one of the, is one of the phone books that i'm looking forward to <laughs> next year and what do you want it to be well this year they kept him linebacker sized and i think like he could be like a 245 pound running back Who's just going to? Because in this game, he like he didn't go backwards when he hit somebody, but like he's when he a, guys, they, they didn't fall back. He like he didn't bowl them over, and he's I think the tank. I mean, yeah. there there were a couple things where it's just like, okay, he just he's just continually going here. Mm-hmm. So you want to see him add X number of pounds? I want I want a little bit. Oh, he's like two more right train now? added to the tra- to the tank. I think he I think he's one more caboose. I think he's about yeah. where you, where you want him to be, but I mean. I think he could be not Jerome Bettis, but like sort of a poor man's version of that, where mm. it's just like, yeah, this guy's 240, 250, but he's got good feet. He's well, got good and speed. He, remember the spring game where he gets the outside? Yeah. And I think we were watching that game together, and he gets the outside, and we're kind of like, was that Mullings? Yep. And that was like a 15, 20 yard run. And you're going to need a running back number two next year, mm-hmm. uh, unless Braylon Allen decides to bail from Wisconsin. We'll see. He said he'd stick around if Jim Leonard was Isn't there a around. guy at, at the portal? Isn't, like, all of Stanford in the portal? Yeah, all of Stanford's in the portal, but Stanford was very bad at football, so I don't know if any of those guys are really, they have really a, worth They have a good around. center, which is one of the things I was looking I'm like, well, that that we'll worked see. out, too, this year, didn't it? Well, and I think that comes down to the whole, are we is Crippen ready? Is Raheem Anderson ready? Mm-hmm. What ta- Actually, what it really comes down to is which one of the guards leave or stay. Because at that point, if you can always find, I mean, if they all leave, then there's going to be spots and you need people. I, because I've not heard that, like, because I've heard rumors about other guys who want who are like moving on. Like Hayes is going to go. Right. Um, it's not a rumor. He's not. Yeah, center. he's already well, in Bell the, and yeah. yeah Hayes, Bell, Bell Schoonmaker. We've, we've yeah. we think Jamon Green is out the door. Mm-hmm. Probably. Um, we think. DJ Turner's out the door. Really? Yeah. Yeah. We know all's coming back. Uh, we don't know about the, the guards. Barnhart probably doesn't have an option. What do you mean? He, Barnhart? He's not going to be on it. Oh, yeah. He, I yet. mean, he'll be here. Yeah. I mean, he has probably, he retreated 19 in COVID, so he's probably got two more. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe Barnhart switched over to left side and Trent A. Jones is your right tackle and you just need a center. And I. And Percy's probably the left tackle, right? We'll see. Yeah. So I mean they have they have guys, but even then then you're, I mean all of the depth from this year has now been used up. So, I mean bringing in a guy 
on the offensive line. I mean, one injury is is well. I mean, you'll El Hadi is still around. I mean, that's he, true. He can slot into one spot. Yeah, that's true. And they and they got guys coming. I mean, you, you just mentioned Percy, so that's, that's a third tackle. I guess they, they still have Atterbury. He's been on the two deep all year. At, yeah. And all right. All right. I, I, hey. I mean, we've been talking about this. It does kind of feel like they're. Yeah. But it's going to be tougher if you want to put eight offensive linemen out there. Yeah. I don't even know, man. They, and they love Crippen. <laughs> they do say they love Crippen. Yeah. I think that they got a red shirt on Crippen this year was the yeah. point. Honestly, I got I clipped a couple blocks from Anderson that I'm like, oh, yes. Yeah. Let's see where that goes. So I think he we're going to be in a similar situation. Um, <clears throat> pass pro is a little yeah dicey at times. Yeah, I mean, that's been kind of a theme. Like it was a little dicey against Ohio State. Picked up a lot of negatives in there. It was like 67%, which is not good. Yeah. I um, I liked that one like Dana like end like that the the what was it forty four he was just burling in every single time yeah, and was, like they were kind of dump trucking Barnhart back into mm-hmm. and that was where a lot of the pressure would come from because but that kind of had a cost too because you weren't edge rushing mm-hmm. and you're just driving a guy back and you're getting most of the way and then like JJ McCarthy's like whoop now yeah. I'm out of the pocket sucks, I mean I, sucks to be you buddy. I I think I've said this but that was the the moment. For me, when the program was going to either continue on or try to level up was during that Georgia game last year where the guy comes off the edge and it's already a blowout, but McCarthy's in and he's, he's coming at him and, and he falls step McCarthy falls steps one way and then wheels back the other way and loses the edge rusher, gets outside and completes a pass. And I was like, well, this is the future. If you want to go, you know, because afterwards, yeah. later, Harbaugh's like, well, I want to win national championships, and this isn't just about beating Ohio State in Big Ten. Okay, fine. That's great. You want to do that. There's your guy. Well, and that's what we, that was the whole. And that was the Purdue game. Well, and that's what we were talking about the whole offseason. Not just us. Literally every Michigan fan was like, yeah, I, I like McNamara quite a bit, but <laughs> McCarthy has upside. And. Depending on your level of optimism about the general direction of Michigan football, you're like, well, I'm Team McNamara or I'm Team McCarthy. And McCarthy has pretty much hit every benchmark that you could you could hope for him to hit. And McNamara is now literally an Iowa quarterback. I mean, he feels spiritually like an Iowa quarterback, at least when they were decent. And mm-hmm. the same day that he commits or whatever you say it in, a, in the transfer portal to Iowa, their top two receivers leave. Yep. I mean. I don't know, man. And they've got major I, pass pro problems, but he's, I thought he's there. I thought that was an odd choice. If I was uh, McNamara, I might have looked at Iowa. I mean, I might have looked at Illinois. Or Wisconsin, oh. or Wisconsin who's going to have a new quarterback. And, well, also just yeah. like, I mean, he was front and center for watching Michigan beat them down twice. Yeah. And then was like, I want me some of that. I, uh, yep. I, it could just be he's going to med school. Maybe. Uh, do we have any other offensive takes that we need to get out of our system? Wait, I mean, there weren't many catches to discuss, were there? I, I think no. we, could, we talked about it literally every single yeah, catch because yeah. we, we just got <laughs> all them. eleven of them. Yeah, I, I think that there. I think he did have an RPO read that he missed earlier in the game, and that was okay. I, I haven't seen an RPO for so long at Michigan's <laughs> offense. I was like, oh, we run those, or maybe we don't. Maybe it's just looking at the guy, but the receivers were running the routes. So yeah. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, talk about the defense. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. 
UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, trying to collect sizes and payments for a family reunion, or, you know, ordering a whole bunch of shirts with your Kickstarter, Underground Printing is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with their easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing people down to pay, wasting time trying to sort out the order. They'll set it up. You can just sit back and relax. They'll even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit them at any of their convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirt.com. At Peak Wealth, we believe we can help you retire with confidence. It's Nick Hopwood, Certified Financial Planner from Peak Wealth Management in Plymouth. I graduated from Michigan in 2001 with an econ degree and founded Peak Wealth Management in 2014. And now we have over $240 million of assets under management. As a freshman in 97, winning the national championship in football and hockey didn't get any better than that. Both my wife and I lived in Bursley that year, and it's crazy because we never actually met while living in the same dorm. Probably because she had a car and I had to ride the bus. But we named our dog Bursley anyway, and he's on the payroll here at Peak Wealth Management. At Peak, we're fee-based. We're your fiduciary, which means everything we recommend is always in your best interest. We partner with leading institutional money managers, focus on low fees, and make sure every client has a financial plan covering retirement, college, tax, estate, insurance, and cash flow. Simply put, we are Peak Wealth Management, your comprehensive financial coach. Book your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. It can be a rough ride along the information superhighway. That's why we build our e-commerce websites tough enough to handle the load. With the capacity to take hundreds of simultaneous online transactions and the stability of load-balanced, co-located server architectures, a website from Human Element performs in the roughest conditions. Thousands of products? No problem. We'll throw in the tools to manage them with precision and efficiency. All with a design slick enough to make you think your girlfriend might be impressed. So load it up and hit the gas and let Human Element show you the way. Special offers available for returning lessees. Financing available with approved credit to qualified buyers. Client participation may affect savings. Optional equipment available at additional cost. See human-element.com for details. we recorded this at venue we actually watched the big 10 championship game at venue uh, we had a lovely selection of 
mixed drinks, especially for the occasion. It was a good time. I suggest you go out there for basically any Michigan game that exists. There's TVs everywhere, and there's plenty of space. And we're trying to get them to have a martini called the Olu, Olu Martini. So <laughs> you should ask for that when you get to the bar. <laughs> so you can't go wrong with that one. So defensively, more of a, a struggle than I think it's been for the whole year. In some ways. In some ways. And Aiden O'Connell plays out of his mind. Yeah, at one point he's like 19 of 22 for And what? some of those are just out of like... Back shoulder dimes. NFL, and, yeah. NFL throws. And then Chuck Sizzle playing out of his mind too. Like there's that back shoulder he has late in the game on the sideline where you're like, what the... There's like four of them, but sure. Uh, there's there's I... two in particular. One of them is on Turner. Yeah. Where like, and, and, Turner, and Turner's there, kind of. Yeah, and, well, Turner gets... Turner gets pushed. Yeah. Oh. So... It's one of those things where it's like, is that OPI? Yeah. Is it ever getting called? No. No. And Turner, that's been his issue this year. His one issue is that like he goes up against those big receivers, and as Brian mentioned, well, he's they... not big. He's just really savvy. Like, yeah. That's going to happen from time to time. The the one in the fourth quarter is just like that's unstoppable. He has that catch in front of uh, Rod Moore, where Moore's in his grill, but it doesn't yeah. matter because that's mm-hmm. just so on point. And then this one isn't. There was a third down conversion in front of Jim. Uh, Jamon Green, Green to their other receiver Sheffield. Yeah, yeah. And I was just like, well, yeah, because Green was right there. And okay, that they're, one he they're, saw pre-snap. They're, well, of course they saw a pre-snap because they're doubling the guys they should double. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> you know, okay, Sheffield's going to have to make a play. Well, no, but he made so they get to the line. They he, he looks at how Michigan is coming down, and Michigan has ways that they'll uh, come down or go up or like you know. The, I mean, I don't think it's exactly a surprise to him that he's like, "Well, they're gonna they're gonna double the guy who's got a hundred." It wasn't just that. Year. No, no, he he picked out our coverage so well. He was he was but so on even point so with our that's coverages. that's a, I mean that's good coverage from Green. He's there on the catch, mm-hmm. and if it's not exactly that throw, if it's a little bit late or if it's a little outside the frame, it's probably a PBU, and it's just like on point. But this yeah. is this is good. This is what you know. Purdue has never been to this game before. They've never really been super close before and this is what you want them to show up is like hey our two guys who are besties from when they were kids right yeah. and like what uh, Jones came over and transferred to play with him because they played Little League or something together and this is their game I mean they're you know this was their deal and they both showed up and played at better than probably even they expected yeah I'm sure they can be satisfied with with the performance they put on until Michigan put Will Johnson on him well I mean <laughs> Wow. So I tweeted, and, and I texted my friend, and he was like, uh, are you sure? And I was, I was like, I don't know, but number two is starting to look like another number two out there just a little bit. And it's early for sure, but... There were back-to-back-to-back <sighs> tweets on my timeline that all said the exact same thing, which is Will Johnson has arrived. <laughs> and that was after pick number two, and it's really hard to dispute that. Now, he had a couple issues in this game. He took the, the pass interference penalty. Was that... Legit? I, I mean, yes. yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. It was and, it, and it was... But it was probably smart. Yeah, he couldn't find the ball. So maybe that wasn't a bad thing. Well, yeah. ideally... <laughs> ideally, he just intercepts it. No, no. <laughs> yeah, so the receiver's looking a, down one way. He, do, he doesn't... Will can't find the ball. He, so yeah, he, he thinks the ball is in one particular place. Yeah. And, and then uh, Chuck Sizzle... I'm going to keep calling that. <laughs> you are. It's just he, he changed There needs direction. to be a t-shirt. If there's a t-shirt, would you wear it? Yes. Uh... He just changes direction, and then Will Johnson's like, oh, that's very bad. <laughs> he just grabs him. Yeah. And okay. 
So I think that's a reasonable reaction from him and, and not necessarily that bad of a play. Earlier, Purdue gets a third down conversion and a catch and run because he's trying to do the same thing he does on the interception. He just doesn't do it right. Oh, he cuts inside. Mm-hmm. And he's and so he misses the tackle Yeah, because he didn't time it up right. Right. But like he was clearly just itching for that slant later in the game. He jumps at that time. And he got the, it. The kind of interception that you're just like, okay. Like, <laughs> This is this is a different dude, mm-hmm. um, and then the intercept his first interception where it's just like he's step for step with with uh, Jones. Damn it! <laughs> I didn't we, call him it. Uh, do step, you want me to? Do you want me to? No, cut that's him there? fine. Okay. It's fine. Uh, <laughs> so we can get Chuck Sizzling. He's step for step with him, and it's a situation where like there's not a ball there that I think gets completed, right? Because yeah. he's just six foot two. Yeah. And he's got long arms, and there are a lot of quarterbacks where it's like, well, there's a window there. And Aiden O'Connell hit a lot of those windows in this game. And here, not only is there no window, but it's a slightly errant throw, and it's just like, well, that's going the other way. Mm-hmm. And he played starter snaps against Ohio State. He started against Ohio State. But well, I mean, that's, I mean that's, yeah, but- that's sort of the thing is that you know he rotated in early on, right, a little bit in the season. I mean, they weren't high leverage snaps all the time, mm. but then as the season goes on, he starts to play a little bit more and, and he starts to get in and, and then and he's grabbing that snaps from, from guys who are good. Good. And, yeah. and old. I mean, these guys are in their third and four or fourth and fifth years. And this, this is the pattern for like the star five. Star I mean, that's, that's what I said. That's at the beginning of Woodson, the season. Yeah. That's Marlon Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Leon Hall, Warren, but he had <laughs> extenuated. I, was, I, said, I, I went to Leon Hall, so we wouldn't have to go there. Jordan yeah. Lewis. Yep. I yeah, mean, Lewis started doing it. Stribling started playing early. I mean, all the that era, like the 13 to 16, 17, Hall and Long started getting in late too. Right, and and then like there's guys who are like Jordan Lewis who Hill and Long. Yeah, yeah Hill and Long. There's guys like Jordan Lewis who play a lot as a freshman and they just seem like oh well that was really bad luck oh that was misfortune oh like like mm-hmm. i remember like everybody's like oh this guy's having a lot of completions against him and i'm like well yeah but his hand's right there and the ball goes right over it will johnson ball's not going over his hand not really no there's that fade they threw at him after like, he was making those it was the same drive where he made those back shoulder throws that were just amazing and then they try a fade in the end zone because like O'Connell's on now, right? And, and, like, they're just making everything. And, like, Johnson's just got his hands up. And it's like, yeah. there is nowhere for that ball to go. And, the, and that ball actually, like, goes under, like, his armpit. And mm-hmm. the, the receiver has some kind of chance to, oh, yeah. to yeah. get it. And I saw that replay, and I was like, I, I thought that hit him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he's he's there. And, uh, you know, like last year, we're seeing like Keely Ringo play for Georgia, and it's like, okay, well, that guy's going to be the dude, and then he's the dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's another guy who's just ready to go right now. I mean, he, he blew up a screen on the first play of the game. Yes, he did. Where, well, I mean, was, he was like 10 he was yards. blocked. Well, no, but he was also playing I off. Did, I did not understand their first two play calls where it's like, we're going to run a flare screen and then to a one wide side. Screen. And then and then and they didn't they didn't block the relevant players and then it's just like what do you expect's gonna happen yeah. and then I was like why don't you start throwing it down I actually said this to you yeah <laughs> and then they started doing it and you're like why did you say that yes <laughs> sorry because they heard you Brian well and well the, they, uh, they're the, like chop they're like uh, they're chip they're, blocking they're cut blocking they're cut block. yeah well the, the the first drive their second drive the, the touchdown drive they have a series of zone busts where there's a guy 
standing next to another Michigan guy. Yeah. And frequently it's R.J. Martin. I was going to say, was it number six? He yeah. had three major errors on that drive. He also came inside on a screen and then just went nowhere. Like, he went right by the guy. They had yeah. two guys go around that's, the blocker. That's one of them. Like and was, I was like, was where un- are you going, R.J.? He's unblocked. Chuck Sizzle gets it. And you just wanted to talk about this to get the name. And back I'm, I'm like, I'm watching this play develop. I'm like, all right, well, that's going to be a tackle for two or three yards. And then he doesn't even get touched. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. Are you then, talking about the, the last the, the last run in that drive or the second or before they got to the goal line? It was a screen that was midfield. No, the, 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 no. the screen. But then yeah. the, the you yeah. know, where, where Moten has an opportunity to make a tackle and just whiff so badly that Barrett also whiffs. Mm-hmm. Probably because he expected that the tackle attempt that came before him was going to do something. Yeah, those are all the same drive. Yeah. All those, all those events, which are like negative two events, are all in the same drive. And then, yeah, there's a couple of plays where like he's vacating the zone where they're throwing the ball, and there seemed to be a pretty big difference between like the Purdue zone in some instances where JJ is dropping balls over the hand. Mm-hmm. of a yes. linebacker who's in excellent position, and then Aiden O'Connell's throws, which are just like, I can just throw this directly at a guy because there's nothing there, between me and him, the receiver. The, the play right after, they had a long throw right after the fake punt. And I, when I watched that again, I was like, that is set up for Moten to have an interception because there's a linebacker under him. So he's the he's in a robber and he actually can bail as far as he wants to. And he is sitting at, at the sticks. He's like at the, you know, at, yeah. and they throw that 20 yards downfield and he doesn't have a chance at Like there's, he can't even jump or put his hand up in the air. He just has to watch it go over his head. And it's like you're, the whole play was created to, to give that one safety an opportunity to pick that off. Like that was a RPS win for Michigan that turns into a big play because the guy is nowhere near it. But so Page comes in then on the next drive. They, they do kind of like sit him down and try to like, get him right and he comes back in later but like of the three safeties Michigan is playing a lot of I think he's clearly a step or two behind the other two yeah yeah because like I mean we saw what Moore did against Ohio State and pa- well Page got dinged late yeah in this yeah. game had come out but well Page started this game he had a he had a missed tackle early on and I think they pulled him out after that and then Moten had his drive <laughs> and then like they're like okay Page go back in and, and then Page was like Making sure that he got his guy down every time he tackled. It was yep. like, wow, that was a good tackle, Paige. <laughs> yeah. You put a lot of thought into that one. <laughs> well, and then, so you get frustrated with Michigan's zone on those first few drives. And then they start mixing in man-to-man much more productively. You can't just go flat-out man-to-man every play, right? But there's that third and four where D.D. Turner has uh, Chuck Sizzle on a slant and completely defeats it. Yep. Like, plus two coverage. There's no chance of a completion there. And that's a key third down. Yep. And they're not really that much of a man-to-man team, but when you have the athletes and the other team doesn't. Well, that's the thing. Is like, were you surprised that they went to so much zone? Because not because that's who they are, but it's but because of who Purdue is. I I'm not surprised that they went with it on that first successful drive for Purdue because you're not expecting to get bust after bust from your players, right? Like, yeah. And then, well, I mean, then they adapted, and then there was like, you know, the third and one throw to the tight end over Rod Moore, where Rod Moore's hand is right in there. Yeah, you get multiple completions (laughs) where you know a Michigan defensive back is holding one of the arms of the receiver, and it doesn't matter. Like Purdue played spectacularly their best game game. of their season, and for Michigan to you know clamp down in the red zone, 
I thought that was fairly encouraging. And that's probably always going to happen against a Purdue team that still can't run the ball very effectively. Well, and that was the other key, right? Until, like, they absolutely couldn't run the ball for time purposes, and they're like, this is where we're going to run Devin (laughs) Mockaby five straight times. Yeah, that was a little weird. (laughs) Maybe we save that for the last segment. Yeah, but, I mean, there was another period in this game, just like the Ohio State game, where the play for Michigan was just to bleed them down the field. And they started doing that. So I don't think you can really ascribe a whole lot of anything to that. One thing that I think was interesting is that Michigan's pass rush in this game was more effective than it's been against a real opponent possibly all season. And not just sacks, but pushing the pocket closed. There's that uh, Yabi Oki play where he gets into the feet of O'Connell and makes him spin out. Or he he shoved that – no, he shoved the right tackle into O'Connell. I think that might be – I mean – he got a sigh in from Alex, and that was very appropriate. Mm-hmm. Another Alex Strain special right there. The the tackle the did? The right tackle. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he was getting worked. He's the guy who gave up the spin sack to uh, Harold. Yeah. yeah. I was like, uh. He gave the, the other sack to Harold, too, and Harold, like, he's, he's, he's cutting off the escape for O'Connell and then hops back up again after Mozzie Smith caused him to kind of roll Well, I mean, that one drive. is, is kind of like... That's Mozzie Smith creating a sack, and there's not much really the tackle. I know, but I've also it. charted Harrell all year, and I've seen a lot of guys just when Harrell gets down there, they just plant him there, and he can't they, he can't get off and get up on and make the sack. So it was he. This was a different level of competition than last week. Let's put it that way. So, but that wasn't the only reason that the pass rush was pretty good because you were seeing consistent push from the other three guys. Pockets were getting stapled closed. There were uncomfortable moments for O'Connell and it often just didn't matter. Well, it helps that he's not the athlete that yeah. Stroud or Clifford or even like Peyton Thorne, like those kinds of guys, the Nebraska quarterbacks, and all those guys are kind of mobile, runny at times players. O'Connell's, I mean, you know. Yeah, he's 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 a pocket guy. He's a statue. Basilic. Linebacker level Barrett had that kind of rough drive in conjunction with Moten. Mm-hmm. But there were, I think, two or three moments in this game where he activated and took on a blocker like at the line of scrimmage productively, and there was one where he flashed in the backfield, got a blocker, dismissed him, uh-huh. and got a tackle for loss. A kind of play we have not seen basically all year. Yeah. I think Colson had one, too, where they were able to recognize and like actually make a play instead of just kind of read it out and tackle for a decent game. So were the zone busts on either of them either? A couple hard. of them were on Barrett, I thought. It's hard to tell exactly. Like right away or but just in general? It kind of felt like people were standing next to Barrett. <laughs> and Barrett oh. was in the right spot, given like what you kind of expect to see. Wh- like where he starts and there was, you're not. There was one where I was pretty convinced it was Moten. There was another one. Yeah, where there was definitely one on the first drive yeah. where Moten is coming up. And you're like, why are you coming up to stand next to Michael Barrett? Michael yeah. Barrett is standing next to Michael Barrett. I well. The only thing, the only comment I had about that though is it's the only time a linebacker actually hit somebody when he was out there, and I'm like, so this is this has been a problem. There's a problem last week too that the linebackers don't they don't redirect. Yeah, which that is how you, and especially if you're going to be playing zone, you want you give your guys time to get places like redirect. Someone's coming across you. Somebody's you know coming in your zone. Get into them and and look them up and hit them. Like it's it's weird that they don't do that. Well, there must be a philosophical reason for it because. Maybe that's zone 201, and they're still in zone 101 for some of these guys. So is NHG done for the year now? Because now we actually have a significant gap of time before the next game. So I, I mean, I have no idea what's going on with him. Like, yeah, it, 
They said it was a, they said it's a thigh or something like that. So I don't How know. Do you have a, I mean, this is like Drake Harris territory. Well, but the the original thing was, well, let's see if we can get a red shirt on him. Okay. Well, now you got a red shirt on him. Yeah. Correct. That's what I mean. So I just wondered if, I mean, or is it not even something that you even mess with at this point? I mean, at this point, you can't put him out there. Yeah. I mean, you have two linebackers who are playing pretty well, and you have a guy who hasn't been on the field the whole year. Like, it's too late. You know who else has been playing a little bit more? And better, and, and well, Rolder? Yeah, he had a pop yesterday where yeah, he knocked yeah. the guy over. He, he, I, didn't, I don't think I saw any negatives from him in this game, which for a true freshman linebacker, that's impossible. But, you know, just not seeing it is, uh, is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, I just I wonder how well he's going to move. Because right now we have basically a converted Viper and Junior Colson who are extremely fast. I I mean, Roller can move. We saw him we'll track a, a slot safety across the middle against what was it, UConn or something like that. Like it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was, that was not. Good, that was a good point until you got to the last word in the sentence. No, 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 no. You it was Maryland. Picked. They have receivers. It was Rakeem Jarrett. He tracked across the the whole thing. Yeah. No, he stuck with Jarrett at one point. That sounds made up. <laughs> Well, Sounds especially like after to no, the problem was I said UConn first, so now you like your your belief is just impossible. Yes. Yeah. You're just, I, you're just I, naming I, basketball ruined. schools yeah. at this point. It was against Maryland. The other guy who played Jarrett. a little bit more than I think we've generally seen him play this year is Quentin Johnson. He had three tackles. Well, one of them was on the fake punt. Yeah. Oh. And and that was he got out there, and then he needs to make that tackle. Earlier, like the, no, the tight end kind of bounce, like rolls forward well, a bit. And that's right. a little tough, but I think we're done talking about the defense. We're gonna take a break, hit up the Sklars, and then address various special teams and game theory issues. Hey, it's Nick Hopwood, founder and president at Peak Wealth Management. We have a lot in common. We both went to Michigan. We're both huge fans, but I'm concerned about how much time you're spending on Michigan football recruiting. This could be time spent with me pouring over your cash flow and Roth conversion strategy. How are these Roth conversions going to get done with you spending all your time and energy on MGO Blog looking at the next five-star recruits? Hey, all kidding aside, if you're addicted to MGO Blog and you want to outsource some of your financial planning to an expert, consider us, peakwm.com slash blog. At Peak, we work with people in a variety of situations. Some of our clients are young professionals looking to optimize their savings and investments. For young people, time is the key. Some of our clients are super affluent trying to figure out when they can retire. Some are high net worth retirees looking for a second opinion on how their money's working for them. Get your second opinion at peakwm.com slash mgoblog. Peak Wealth Management. Retire with confidence. The only thing we can be sure of about the future is that it will be absolutely fantastic. I'm thinking of the incredible breakthrough made possible by developments in communications. Arthur C. Clarke's 1964 vision is now reality with SignalWire, a cloud platform that enables developers to build the applications that will reshape the future of communications. These things will make possible a world in which we can be in instant contact with each other wherever we may be. You can add cutting-edge, real-time video and audio to any product, website, or application with APIs and SDKs for developers of all skill sets. SignalWire is optimized for high quality and low latency communication functionality for video, voice, and text messaging capabilities. Almost any skill could be made independent of distance. Men will no longer commute. They will communicate. See for yourself at SignalWire.com. Use code 2021 and receive $25 in developer credit. Go to SignalWire.com. SignalWire Communications OGs. Original geeks of programmable community. It's painless. It's online. It's group ordering made easy for your next custom printed apparel order. 
Pogo from Underground Printing will save you time and hassle. Whether you're selling shirts for a fundraiser, organizing a large event, or trying to collect sizes and payment for a family reunion, UGP is here to help. Save time and hassle every step of the way with our easy-to-use site. No more guessing what to order, chasing down people to pay, or wasting time trying to sort out the order. We'll set it up and you can just sit back and relax. We can even take care of individual shipping. To learn more about Pogo, visit us at any of our convenient locations or at pogo.undergroundshirts.com. In southeastern Michigan, the yearly cost for a nursing home averages approximately 100000 It doesn't have to, though. Reed McCarthy founded Ann Arbor Elder Law after handling a tricky situation for his own family. Years of experience later, his boutique firm works with clients across southeast Michigan dealing with Medicaid planning, long-term care, and tax, disability, and family law, not to mention family dynamics. If you have a family member who may need that level of care, or if you're ready to start your own estate plan, Reed can give you a plan for the future. Visit AnnArborElderLaw.com or call 734-945-9693. That's 734-945-9693. Shit, that's a Danny GB. Slide down, AMG sound like a velociraptor. You got 3K in dubs, you are not a stacker. They wave riders, you just gotta sit and watch the pad. Handyman got a hammer, plus that bitch got a ladder. Hunter rounder, hit an op and turn him to a fox. Trying to catch me up in traffic, boy, you better use some throttle. Hold up in the Gatorade, I'm sipping juice through the knobs. Used to be the little dog, now everything I do collapsed. Can't fall off track, boy, I'm built different 3-5 of Cap'n Crunch Berries, need some milk with it Two titties on the bop stick, it got a wheel in it Can't trust dog, he like precious, probably still chick Flying off the Zaza, shit, I'm like a pterodactyl Juking on the interstate, I heard 12 prepared to tackle they can't keep up with this motherfucker right here. Ryan Forgey's tires looking like a physics test. That 2012 scat pack, you need to lay that bitch to rest Please do Track quad season, little bitch, let the Jeep through Ooh, shit, that's a Danny GB Oh shit, what the fuck, Daniel? Where the fuck am I at right now? Am I? Is this Jurassic Park? Seth! Randy! Jason! David! I need takes hotter than Jeff Brom in the weird lab where he comes up with his weird plays! I mean, that's gonna be really awesome, cause it's like a real, it's a club you go into and Jeff Brom's there and he's just noodling around on his keyboard, coming up with fake flea flickers and all kinds of cool stuff. It's like Studio 54, except everybody's bald and they like train Seth. You know, it's not like the computers in movies where, like, they all on their keyboards, right? It like, is. People actually use mice in real life. No, he's not, he's not, he's not on a keyboard that you type Words they just on. pretend to use keyboards because they like they can get sued for using it's like a mouse a, it's for like some a reason. it's like a piano keyboard where he's just like vibing yeah. out with his plays. That's that, what he's doing. Is that vein gonna he, explode? He runs Seth, give me your hottest take. Seth Fisher is wrong about Junior Colson. He's actually really good. Because <laughs> oh. I've been oh. grading him like Brian doesn't at, even know what to at say. Most like plus one after like a like a like. Minus eight plus nine kind of day, and he's he, Jonas Mouton. He was I, that's how he's been grading in my stuff. But like Jonas Mouton <laughs> didn't get up to plus one. <laughs> it was yeah. So that's the thing. Linebacker is really hard. He was named All Big Ten uh, by the coaches, yeah. right? Um, Wait, was it first team though? Was uh, he was second team? Second though. team. That's second not team. bad. Yeah. Sophomore. Yeah, and I. 
has been progressively progressively getting better his and his like mistakes are like less and less and i think that michigan's defense is just really hard for linebackers so not screwing up or having positive plays that are that much better than your screw ups is actually a pretty good linebacker and my grading is not really fair to how well he's been playing this year no. there it is screw you seth randy give me your hottest take if Jeff Rom coached Iowa, they'd be national champions. <laughs> <laughs> you see what that guy does with one Chuck Sizzle. Yeah. <laughs> give, him, give him a whole team of Chuck Sizzles. This guy's unbelievable. I mean, we do have to say that, like, Ryan Day is a joke of a coach. Uh, yes, he can do a lot of things well, but... I'm watching that game last night, and specifically, Bri, you mentioned it, the the fake flea flicker. I've never even seen that ever done, ever. In I've like, never even, even thought like of the that. Front yard, the front yard of the Wallace's house, where we used to play football as kids two doors down. Like, that was just a genius. I love the way this guy, he's like he's like a successful Scott Frost. <laughs> Next year, I want them to run. So, a- I hated to beat him. I want them to run a fake flea flicker like that turns man. into a real flea flicker. Just, oh my god! Just yes. sliding oh doors everywhere. The double move. They're gonna have the double. Move. Yeah, they're gonna have to change their name to the Purdue Inception. I love it. They could call it the hot potato, Brian, and he could flip oh, it yeah. back to the quarterback, and then flip it back to him, and then he flips it back oh, to yeah. the quarterback, and yeah. then he passes. And he flips it back to the quarterback, and the cup, the quarterback gives him a shovel pass. It's going to be – the play is going to take an entire quarter and Purdue's going to score a touchdown. All right. I love it. Jason, yeah. give me your hottest take. We should probably recruit some more five-star DBs. <laughs> uh, isn't it great when you get someone who's like a top ten recruit who suddenly becomes like a top ten recruit? I mean, look across the board. I mean, Donovan Edwards is becoming Donovan Edwards, the guy we recruited and got excited about. J.J. McCarthy, five-star becoming J.J. McCarthy, the guy we were all excited about. Will Johnson becoming Will Johnson, the guy we were all excited about. So why in the world do we have the 20th-ranked recruiting class? We're in the, <laughs> we're in the, we're in the uh, final four again. We're in the national championship hunt. We should have, the top, we should have a top five class yeah. forever from now on. You know well, they're, they're working on it in 24. I think they had a bit of a bump with the Harbaugh flirtation with the NFL, but they get Jaden Davis in 24. They start rolling up some Ohio guys. Yeah, yep. I, I think I think this will be a blip. I agree with you, and I think great. I just am saying it's like really cool. Like he got his second interception last night, and I'm like, yeah, it didn't even it wasn't even surprising to me. I was like. Oh, yeah, and later when you hear why he intercepted the ball, he's like, oh, I looked at the formation. I knew there was going to be a slant. I jumped the route, and, of course, he made the play. It wasn't like he didn't make the play. Why? Because he's been that talented all along. A lot of exciting stuff looking down the line in the future. Guys, he's a freshman. All right, Dave, give me your hottest take. All right, I don't have a voice today, but I'm going to try. C.J. Stroud is going to declare for the NFL draft before the playoff game <laughs> so that there is not tape of what an NFL defense can do to him Again, uh, I was going to make this joke on Twitter last night. I was going to be like, is CJ Stroud going to play now? But I didn't. No, he's yeah. not because he does not want to. He right. does not want people to know what will happen when he gets moved off of his spot. I honestly like he could lose a lot of money playing Georgia. 
because you could. I just, I just don't see it. Like if you, yeah, as that's you say, that's the you, joke, Brian. If you move him off, it's not. A, I'm supporting you. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's, if you move him off his spot, he's no good. He can throw dimes if you keep him completely clean, but that's not the NFL. So that's yeah, not but the isn't, NFL. Isn't the money he'd be losing the Lions' money? So play, play, Stroud. <laughs> Go and play. I mean, if I ca- show him how if, awful you are. If I cared about the Lions, yes, I would. That would be my my. They taste, destroyed. Uh, Lions won again today. Yeah, yeah, they destroyed Jacksonville today. Did torn apart. Is that is the that Lions the get, I mean, for the Lions, the Lions get, they have like five wins. It's good. They're yeah. at like five wins. If they have Blake Corum next year, I mean, come <laughs> on, late round Blake Corum, come on. <sighs> All right. Well, if he's late round Lions. Blake Corum, no, Blake he should Corum come should, back to Michigan. <laughs> Blake Corum should come back to Michigan now. If he doesn't get to, yes. I mean, is yes. that not like? A possibility because he was. That's a hot take. Like in the second to third round, if he's is I that mean, where he was? I don't. I don't know exactly. That's but, where. Yeah, he was. There was actually dropped into the fourth round to some people. Like he was not like the so that's the top that's, nine. Backs. He's too. He's too small. That's, that's in the. That's in the range where clearly. you can. You might be able to nil him back because mm-hmm. he'll. He might be able to make an appreciable amount of money. Here. Like Hunter. Yeah, like Hunter. Like might yep. might happen. But you know what he's going to do then? Yeah, he's going to go like buy turkeys for underprivileged people again so he's not like i mean he i don't think like oh i need to cash paycheck is first thing and, and it's important to me that's is true. his, th- well, his that's deal maybe another reason he might come back because he's just that yeah maybe all right here's mine the basketball team is gonna make the tournament no oh no Brian. No. <laughs> oh which one wait 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 <laughs> which wait. one the cbi yeah. the cbi the cbi oh no, i thought you were, i thought you were talking about the women I, no, the yeah women. i thought you said which basketball team oh yeah, i thought you meant which tournament because aren't the women undefeated still yeah, the, the, this yeah. is this is about the men's side the, oh, okay. not much of a hot take for the women uh, but That's i know so that hot. they haven't looked great so far but they are putting some things together in the last two games against very good competition, and they, no. they lost today largely because they had an opponent shoot 60% from three, and they lost by four. They still have Hunter Dickinson. They're figuring some things out on defense. Kobe Buffington's going to be the point guard. It's going to be good. Well, not we don't, great. We don't know that. It's going to be okay. I was going to say that. I was going to say the greatest gift this football team has given us is an extra month to not have to face the problems of the men's basketball. <laughs> hey, we can talk about off-season stuff for football again. Yeah. It Let's was like it. four or five years where we went of not being okay. able to do that, I and got now a, we can. I got a World Cup post-mortem I can get out. Oh, yeah, do it. People ask me for that stuff. All right, you guys were just in Alaska? Yeah, we were just in Alaska. We did shows in uh in Fairbanks, in Anchorage, and Wasilla. And it was so much fun. Crowds were incredible. The shows were great. We saw we you know, we saw Moose, which was great. Did you we run into hang- Pitbull? Did we run into who? Pitbull. Brian no. likes the, the artist Pitbull. I don't know he's if you guys a positive guy. You should have well, asked them if they saw that big polar this- bear that flies the jet. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you guys heard this about Pitbull. We just found this out that Pitbull is a rescue. When I found he's that, a <laughs> he's a rescue. He he, he was. Taken they they found him under a highway <laughs> overpass. <laughs> if he, they did. Was, he have, was he having a real good time? <laughs> you, have you ever seen him without sunglasses he was, on? He, he looks like a cave salamander. He's he, he's really successful. He's the most <laughs> ca- successful cave salamander in the history of uh, entertainment. You got to give it up for that. He's worldwide. 
Yes, worldwide. All right. If you can't get up, Sklarsen, hit up their podcast, View from the Cheap Seats, the Nosebleeds, their show on UFC Fight Pass, and maybe if you live in Alaska, they'll come to a show again. All right. Picking up our fake punt discussion, to me, the issue there is mostly Julius Welshoff. Yes. Because hmm. they Correct. snap it to one of the outbacks, they kind of run the sweep thing, and Welshoff just sits there. And he's not coming up. He's not setting the edge. If that edge gets set, I think that's short. I mean, it's almost short as it is. And then um, I forget. I think it's a walk-on. Got held. Oh, like, yeah. He no, was, number 39. The guy who's playing. The, up, the yeah. up No. That's one. Taylor. Like I think his name's Taylor. And so they don't call that hold. And Quentin Johnson does a pretty good job of getting down a pretty big guy mm-hmm. to the point where it's probably 60-40 actually got it, but they, they call it, and it's always going to be a call stands kind of play. And so to, my only concern there is, like, that was on the plus 40 or something? Mm-hmm. Why, why do we have the punt team out on the plus 40? Like, you mean, like, the punt return team? Like yeah. Why don't we have, like, a defensive... Just, yeah, just set up the defense and be like... Because, like, there's, yeah. you're never getting a return yeah. from the plus 40. You're either going to fair catch it, or you're going to hope the go- ball goes in the end zone. I don't see why there's a reason to not just kind of leave your defense out there. And just have somebody back. Basically. Um, but this is a... Consist- it's good that we're putting this on tape because we know they're going to listen and then they'll adjust within a game or two. I mean, the, it, well, this is something that most football teams do. So I'm just... I, it's not something that is like a weird thing about Jay Harbaugh. It's just like, yeah, you never see this. So I don't know. The field goal attempt that Michigan had mm-hmm. where they were Purdue jumps off sides, Purdue's trying to get Michigan to jump. Yeah. They have a move call on. Michigan doesn't jump. And then the Purdue player jumps because Michigan has their own induce a false start on. (laughs) You mean induce an offsides. Yeah, Yeah, induce an offsides because the holder goes – and when the holder goes that, like a very visual podcast, he moves his hand forward. And when you move your hand forward, that is the signal for the snap. He does it. You get a jump, he does it again, you get a snap. So I don't think I don't Is that a false start though? No. No. Because it's like But you're moving and you're simulating no, you're, a snap. You're allowed to do that on special teams, you're allowed to do that, you're allowed to have a signal, like a uh, the quarterback can clap because you, the question is who's actually being snapped to. And on a special teams play, there isn't actually like a quarterback a, who's designated as the guy who's getting the snap. Okay. So the guy who one of the people in the backfield is allowed to give a signal for the snap. So you see that on punts all the time where a guy like... Oh, you know, yeah. The guy in the shield. Right. Yeah. Right. He puts his arm out and says, like, go. Right. So you're allowed to do that. Someone's allowed to have a... Now, you're not allowed to have multiple guys, you know, all <laughs> dancing around on, back yeah. there. Right. But someone's allowed to give a signal. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, they signal for yeah. the snap. And then one of the Purdue guys is like, oh, I'm going to block this field goal. And then you get the... I mean, good job. We've, well, also, that, like... In some ways, it was a, ch- a turning point in the game yeah, because they yeah. were they were kicking a 50, 49, 50 it was yarder, forty seven. It was probably that he left short. Now it was a. I mean, it was he knew there was, was a, a call on. Kick, yeah. Okay, yeah. but I mean, otherwise it's ten ten and Purdue has the ball. Yeah, and they, and then they decide to go for it with the the moose back yeah. mullings, and they punch that in. Yeah, so that's that's a decision for Michigan in this game. They also have a decision to. Uh, punt it on fourth and two from their own 33 right before the half, which is, there's like a minute left and you're like, uh, I don't know. No, you, you have to punt there, I think. I think it's probably pretty close if you punch it into a calculator. I mean, probably. 
it's just that in this particular situation when you're Michigan and they're Purdue and you feel like you're the better team, you don't really want to let them yeah, back in. that's I, true. I mean, you you set them up in field goal range with like 50 seconds of their field goal. Outside. Their field goal kicker is not good despite his performance. Regardless <laughs> of hitting 11 field goals. <laughs> that's all, he, all they did today was hit field goals. I know. They, so, they hit field goals even when they – was that a stand field goal, by the way? So, I mean – all yeah, right. people are like down asking. 12. <laughs> you're kicking a field goal to be down nine on fourth and six in the red zone. If it was anyone other than like Jeff Brom, probably. I don't. But I don't you understand. You can't give him like ju- credit just for but being like, Jeff Brom. No, no, right? but I, but like Jeff, you don't expect that from Jeff I Brom, right? Okay, so there's 12 minutes left in the game. Right. Going from down 12 to down nine is not super useful, but if you get a touchdown on a field goal, you win the game after your field right. goal. And that's, and you got 12 minutes. So I remember being perplexed and Alex texting me and being like, what is this? And then, you know, and then someone on Twitter also is is saying something like that. So there's, like you said, there's 12 plus to go and Michigan gets the ball back up nine. And then they have like a third nine. And I remember looking up at the clock and there's like 1040 or something left like that. And I was like, oh, Maybe I'm changing my mind in that field goal because now it's looking like Purdue gets two, three possessions left and, you know, it's fourth and six. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I was I still surprised think it, I by still it. I think it's questionable, but I don't think it's crazy. No, it wasn't crazy, but it was not something I was expecting from an offensive guru coach. Jeff Brom. Right. Mr. Fake Flea Flicker asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, <laughs> I'm just like I'm so mad that play is so cool, you jerk. Yeah, I mean, that was the play of the game. That we should have. I mean, well, no, and, well and they, he also, they had the, they had that wing tee for the, the touchdown. Yeah, we yeah. saw that earlier. I mean, didn't Michigan run that earlier? This no, year? I've, somebody I've ran it. That. Somebody ran it earlier this year. But I That's mean that that was that came out of nowhere. They have the fake punt. I was telling Seth, you are going to be an onside kick somewhere in here. Every yeah. single, every well, single they time they go, one. he's like, it's going to be an onside kick. Onside, kick. onside, onside kick. kick. No, he, Brian was gone by the time the onside kick, and everyone turns to me and goes, onside kick, onside kick. And you're like, Brian, you're back? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you left. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they, they came out, and they had they had a bunch of stuff. They're like, we're going to Jeff Brom this game, and. And then they kicked all the field goals. And, well, they didn't have a choice on a number of them, and they don't really have a running game. It was just kind of funny. So Michigan goes for two, right? We didn't talk about that. Yeah, we'll talk. I mean, okay, that's part of in this, in this thing. But so they go for two to make it seventeen, and then uh, yeah, because it goes from nine to seventeen, right? So then Purdue comes back down and kicks another field goal after their previous fi- field goal that was a lot more questionable. Now this one makes more sense because they need three scores. So in some senses, it, it it makes more sense. They're down thirty six to nineteen. There's five minutes left in the game, but they need three scores. Yeah. So if you don't okay. feel like you're going to get a touchdown or convert, you four, have to get a score. It was just really fun, right? So it was longer. Yeah. So it was just really funny though because it was like, oh, they're kicking a field goal to make it nine, and then they come back down and kick <laughs> another field goal. <laughs> okay. What is this? Yeah. Well, the decision to go for two there is. The definition of a it doesn't matter decision, because <laughs> if you're up sixteen, your your probably. win percentage is ninety nine, and if you're mm-hmm. up seventeen, your win percentage yeah, is Michigan 99. was also 2. up sixteen against Michigan State in that game. So. Well, two years that was, there was much more time left on the clock in that game. That's true, but they they scored in two tries, right? And anyway. then they got but anyway, being up 
16 is being up uh, 2.75 possessions and yeah. being up 17 is up three. And there's, you know, a chance that you don't make it. But when you have a play. But when you got the swing and gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, there they you did go. not know what to do. No, there's. Who there, snapped the ball, by the way? Uh, Selzer. <laughs> of course he did. Carter Selzer. So, yeah. <laughs> I think they just wanted to run it. How many counters yeah, are there to that? They've had the got be, thing all. There've got to be multiple counters you can run off that, right? Well, well what, what it, they did is they 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 had all four eligible guys, including the guy snapping the ball. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then Purdue Purdue was like, "Oh, the guy snapping the ball is eligible. I figured it out." And I was not quite. <laughs> there was also one more tight end. <laughs> but <clears throat> what about the? Uh, are we? Are, what about the roughing the punter? I or running into the punter, or was that even a penalty? It shouldn't have been a penalty because he muffs it. No, because he touched it. Yeah, he touched. He actually I, does touch. His finger I, does. I ordered oh. this. He touches the ball. Okay. And then, as he's touching the ball, the punter punts it. So he touches the ball. Huh. The punter punts it, and it doesn't look like he touched the ball, but he did. So also. Does he hit either of the guy's legs? Yes. It, yeah. it looks like he hits him in the ribs. Well, he, he, well his hand gets kicked is what he, happened. Uh, he, he absolutely obliterates that punter. Sure. Yeah. But and I didn't think he hit his plant leg or his kicking leg. He hit both very thoroughly. Mm. He did. Mm. He he crushed him. And But it's a scenario where, one, he touched the ball, and two, I just think that when something like that happens, you, you have to give up your protection. The When you... When you yeah, fumble when, it. Yeah, when it's yeah. Just, like, that's not a natural punting mm-hmm. motion. You can't expect someone trying to block a kick to be able to control themselves in the way that they expect to. And so, if it had been a roughing, that would have been a tremendous injustice. It shouldn't have been a running into because the touch touched the ball. The overall result was justice. Yeah, because they declined it. Mm-hmm. And the other thing we need to talk about is if your review takes five minutes, <laughs> you should be taken out to the 50 and shot. It was literally four minutes and 32 seconds. I, I, and they which didn't one go, are you, they which didn't one are you referring to? Commercial. There were 10 of them. There, there were 60 billion commercials in this game, and we spent four and a half minutes looking at one replay of one play. And nobody at Fox was like, maybe we could go to commercial here. You absolute No, maroons. the announcers were. The announcers were like, oh, I guess this, this is uh, a lot of things to talk about <laughs> but now. Like, there, there were, Gus Johnson is never it, out of things. They were out. It, it, is, it, is, it was early in the game. There was nothing to talk it is about un- yet. There was the review on the touchdown that Purdue got where it's yeah. w- mm-hmm. on second down where you, you look at it once. And you're like, that's a touchdown. Let's go. And then it takes another 90 seconds and, yeah. or two minutes. And you're just like. What 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 are we doing here? They're, what if they just have like a call down from the booth or somebody or somebody who's like got a DVR and watching the game? They just because to, the goal is to not. They be just efficient. need to have like some guy who lives in Seattle, <laughs> and he's watching the game on TV, and they call him up, and they're like, "What's the deal?" And he's like, "Ah, it's a touchdown." Is this? And then they're done. This is literally the the best way that you can do it because the people on the field have no idea what just happened. They 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 they're. They're not going to get it right. So should the, the refs have lifelines where you get a 50-50, no, a phone, just, a friend? But as soon as they put their headset on, there should be Joe in Seattle on there going, yeah, Now his name down. is Joe. Joe in Seattle. We're going to eliminate two of the options for you, so you can only pick these two. Yeah, I'm going to take yeah, my 50-50. Is that catch? And he's like, I don't know. And then he <laughs> just calls Stans. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 
That's all you need to do. And he's just a guy who's just watching the play on the on the DVR. That's all you. Uh, that's no, he's not. He's not watching the play on the DVR. He's literally watching the game. Yes. And so when <laughs> when they bring up the replay angles, he sees the replay angles, and then he's got twenty seconds to make a decision. He's yeah. like, Ah, ah. Then it's a stands. And then if he's like, ah, it's a touchdown, then it's an overturn. Wouldn't it be more interesting if you also added in Ask the Audience? No. The 50-50, the phone of friends. And, no then, and then everybody votes. No, because, because this is this is those one of those cases where like one guy who doesn't really care watching the game is going to get it right 100% of the time. Right. Ah. But like, if you put it to a fan vote, you're, it's like an internet yeah. poll. Yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> no good. Yeah. Can't Eurovision this sport? <laughs> we need one guy named Joe in Seattle. What if Regis Philbin hosts the review? No, he's dead. Oh. You didn't? Nah, okay. Shouldn't have told you that. Now you're sad. I am kind of sad. He's been dead for a long time. I'm just trying like, to work. At least I just think years. every review should be who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, I'm, he, getting, I'm getting David is working impression. through his feelings of uh, <laughs> Regis, Regis Philbin dying right in front of us here, people. That's but they, they had like... <laughs> stop the they, podcast. So they had... A review. Yeah. They had like the end of the quarter and then they had a touchdown. So it went commercial kickoff touchdown. And there was like a solid 15 minutes of real time in which there was one football play. This is the real reason that Harbaugh shifted the Michigan offense to ball control is so that he could balance out all of these commercials and the games could end even remotely in in like, I don't know. shortened time. We need we need a we need a revolution. That should have been my hot take. We need we need to get one insurance company to pledge they will never advertise on college No, no. Football what it is is everybody it's, it's switches the soccer, to them. It's the soccer stuff where you you advertise like with the the borders around the edges of yeah. the screen, and then you you know you can have your little ad, and then you can still watch the game, and you don't need all of this. Or stuff like I don't know, Ford Motor Company. You could say we're going to bring you this game with limited commercial interruption, and then actually build some goodwill instead of putting Willem Dafoe on my television, beating up some Nazis. What was that ad? I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know. But my friend ran into Willem Dafoe this week. It's interesting that he came up all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, that's not a real ad. I just... We I, had a whole conversation. Oh, okay. Well, good, because I was like... What I, do you say when you run into Willem or Dafoe? Or like Progressive could be like, hey, this game is brought to you by Flo, and you don't have to see her 75 times. <laughs> Do you know what I saw in this game that I'd never seen before? The ref cam of Jim Harbaugh. Oh, yeah, that was good. <laughs> that was... Even Joel Clack couldn't like, keep a straight face. No, no one had ever... Like, how has that not been part of our lives you know, since 2015? It was, it, was the, it, was the, it was the yin to the yang of the, <laughs> of the gif where they're interviewing Harbaugh on the, on the court side at a uh -huh. basketball game. And John Beeline is losing so his mad. mind. He's walking, He's walking back and forth and like, oh, what is going on? This is the worst thing ever. And Harbaugh is just sitting there like saying, I like football. It's good sport. He also likes basketball. Yeah, he likes all kinds of things. It was like he was looking into the Matrix. It was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was like, oh, wow, I don't want to be a ref. That's bad. <laughs> now I understand why they're all so bad because you have to be slightly insane to want to do that. Yeah. Um, Michigan got a ticky tack illegal formation. CJ's like a half. If he's anything, he's like a hair off the line of scrimmage. It was weird they called that one. All right. And there was a hilarious flop by Oki that they gave him really. for a holding. No, no, it was like it was. I think right before Purdue kicked a field goal, they oh, had they a, got they got an unsportsmanlike. Yeah. Because like he, he was coming out oh, of the yeah. pile, and like the guy like just taps him on the back, like, "Hey, buddy, get off our guy," and he like 
goes flying out of there. And they call it. Was he in the World Cup? <laughs> it was very World Cup. I think he is Nigerian, so maybe he thats he grew up. I think they made it. Yeah, and then they made up for it with that ridiculous face mask they didn't call. Oh, yeah. Where it's like, I think if you tackle someone by their helmet, you, that's a face mask. So there was one, was, was didn't Michigan have this, or maybe I watched a different football game, but where the guy like sort of palms the guy's helmet? That was the Ohio State game. Okay. Colson and Ohio State. Yeah. And, we, and we talked about that. If you... It, even if your hand does not get inside of a cage or whatever, yeah. it, it, or even if it like, gets in a ho- ear hole or anything, if you are basically taking the guy down by his helmet, yeah. it's, it called a face yeah, mask. That felt like it was very much not in the spirit of the penalty. But yeah, Charles Woodson was like, are you kidding me? So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Can't disagree with Charles Woodson. Yeah, he's the perfect human being. All right, we're going to take a break, come back, and discuss more somber things. If you want to see where our post-game podcast happens, or if you need a spot to land in Ann Arbor, check out 4M, Prentice Partners' beautiful brand-new flagship property at 830 Henry Street in Lower Burns Park and across the bridge from the Big House. Their 11 spacious six-bedroom, six-bath suites feature state-of-the-art digital capabilities and are laid out for comfortable, efficient collaboration. You can also rent a 4M unit for shorter stays, say if you want to come to town for a football weekend. I want to add myself that they're also taking over Lucky's. We're really excited about their plans for that space. So if you're by the stadium, swing by 830 Henry or visit Prentice4M.com. This is Matt Demrest, the owner of Homeshare Lending. We're a local mortgage company here to help you purchase with confidence and refinance with ease. People don't get mortgages very often, so it can be confusing. We'll break down every single line item so that it all makes sense. And at the end of the day, if we're not giving you the best deal, we'll tell you to go with the other company. We're here to offer our simple mortgage guidance. This is Seth Fisher from MGO Blog. Over the years, we've sent dozens of readers to use Homeshare Lending, and every review that's come back has been raving. I myself used them to refinance after doing our original loan through our bank. I was amazed how much smoother the process was for our company. Loan. Brian used them, and you should use them too. Finding out whether it makes sense or not to refinance or getting pre-approved to buy a new home is easy. Head over to homesurelending.com, that's H-O-M-E-S-U-R-E, lending.com, slash mgoblog to find out more. Or call us at 734-531-9950. That's 734-531-9950. I've got two of my favorite people here with me, kind of an annual tradition, Cooper and Colby. Cooper, how old are you? 11. Colby, how about you? Nine. Can I get a Go Blue? Go Blue! NMLS number 1161358, equal housing lender. Want the perfect game day outfit? Underground Printing has unique, great-fitting U of M apparel and officially licensed apparel from legendary Michigan names like Woodson, Howard, Eufer, and more. UGP also specializes in custom printed apparel and promotional items for groups, events, and businesses. Whether you need one shirt as a gift or 1,000 shirts for a charity walk, Underground can customize almost anything for groups large or small. To learn more, visit Underground Printing in one of our three convenient locations around Ann Arbor or online at undergroundshirts.com. One and two and... If you find yourself on the wrong side of the law, you want a Michigan man in the huddle. Call criminal law attorney and former prosecutor Jonathan Paul at 248-924-9458 or visit his website at michiganlawgrad.com. John is a proud graduate of the University of Michigan Ross School of Business and Michigan Law School. He looks forward to showing you the Michigan difference. 
Here's a thing people say. Seth, tell me about your insurance. I'm actually glad you asked me about that because I just changed my insurance and I'm really happy I did. Let me guess. You use Phil Klein and Owen Rosen of the Phil Klein Insurance Group. They are MGO blog readers and they don't advertise during football games. And they've got a five-star rating on anything you would care to see. Call Owen at 248-682-7445 or visit them online at philkleininsurance.com. Ticket IQ is probably the yeah. playoff game, I'd imagine. The t- Ticket IQ is the playoff game. It is uh, about $324 get in right now, but I think people bought tickets to like thinking that their team was going to be in it, possibly, and they didn't get in. So, uh, yeah, this actually might be a good spot to, to jump in before you know the, the good deals go. There's also some amazing seats available for under a thousand dollars like in the um in the lower bowl so yeah ticket iq's got a pretty decent selection of these right now i wonder uh i wonder why oh you never know yeah and when you get a ticket iq ticket the price you see is the price you get right yes all right and less uh salutary news basketball coming off a loss to kentucky uh subsequent to a loss to virginia to major missed opportunities they lose these games by two and four points against very good basketball teams and i mean it's there's a good news bad news situation here good news is is that they played two pretty good teams very close and kentucky wins shooting nine of 15 from three Uh just like the last time we played them and And some of those threes are so far away from yeah and they get they get like checks two or three like ridiculous late clock buckets from their point guard Mm -hmm. Jalen llewellyn is probably out for the year at this point is that what it is that what the rumors are it was a non-contact knee injury he came back on the bench and had like an ice bag yeah but i i would be surprised if that's not a ligament and uh very difficult situation because maybe if you have Llewellyn, you pull this game out. Like maybe if you maybe get he was also two of eight. I know, but like Doug McDaniel is. I know. Like I was like I, I have a take here is that like like losing Frankie Collins is extremely bad for this team because well, that that's that goes in the very very cold take segment. Well, but but <laughs> I was just. I mean, no, I've been saying like, that since like the moment it happened. Well, like, you could what you could you could yeah. pop over to Arizona State's Kempom page and look him up, and he's like, oh, he's got a ninety-five-zero rating. Is he really that much of a loss? And well, maybe in some ways, but definitely, well, yeah, yeah. But Arizona State, he's just a usage monster because yeah. yes. So here he has less usage. Here he's uh, replacing Doug minutes, and Doug is at like seventy-five-zero rating. He is impossibly bad right now. And 
that's because he's a freshman point guard, and I am real tired of this uh, point guard carousel we've got going on. You know, like because you know who looked terrible as a freshman? Xavier Simpson. Yeah, he, he didn't looked, really play. Yeah, he looked terrible halfway he, he through. He was behind his uh, sophomore Eli. Year. Eli was playing point guard ahead of him at that point. Well, that was his freshman year. Was I think Walton? Yeah, his yeah. freshman year was Walton. So the uh, players develop over time, and it's just very frustrating that you've got a guy who's probably going to be starting a point guard this year and you recruit Jalen Llewellyn who's a combo guard because you literally only have three guards on the roster. Which is a different question. And he, he bails. And it's just like, that's just rough because it doesn't take a whole lot to move the margins in these games. Like, obviously, the Arizona State game, they just got torched by ridiculous shooting and they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. But you put Frankie on this team, you remove the Doug minutes, and it's like they probably pull out at least one of these games. And so where are you at now? Well, if Llewellyn is out for an extended period of time, I think the only possible move is Kobe Bufkin as your point guard. Absolutely. That's what Craig said. And they didn't, they did not make that move in this game. Well, but you have yeah. Isaiah Barnes coming off the bench and knocking down threes. Well, I, he did. So he, that was weird. Wasn't it? Like he comes in and plays in the first half and he didn't come back in the game. Did he? No, I, I just don't get the, I don't get the rotation because like Will Cheddar comes in the game really early and he makes a couple of decent defensive plays in the second half, but he looks like not ready. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen from Barnes this year is pretty good. And we've got Joey Baker and it's just a very strange rotation. He's got going on right now. And to me, you got to put Buffkin at the point and you're still playing Doug the amount of minutes he's getting now. And you're just expanding Isaiah Barnes and, and Joey so, Baker time. So you're, are you starting Barnes then and bringing Doug off the bench? Uh, you're probably starting Baker and you're bringing Barnes and, and so Baker's the, the three and Jets, the two, or I mean, I guess it doesn't matter, but like you're, yeah. ju- you're basically starting I mean, T will Baker and Jet. The issue there is that might be an untenably horrible defensive lineup. Yeah, you so, are who you can okay. guard. And- but you, you could bring Barnes in, and I think Barnes can guard twos. Mm-hmm. We've seen flashes from him. He has the athleticism. You know, his reputation so far has been like he doesn't, he's not there mentally, but so far so good. And one of the things that we saw in both these games that is that they are coming along defensively. Like they, yeah. they held uh, Kentucky to something like 30 nine percent inside the line and that's with a lot of tough shots their first shot defense in this game was actually pretty good yeah, yeah. their boxing out can do some work but the well i mean you're playing Sheepway. yeah like, but i wasn't like ready to kill jet eight times this game which there was there was like a couple of yeah there's like a it's it, i'm not saying he's perfect at this there's yet. a small counter in my house i said eight times there's a, yeah there's a small <laughs> counter in my house where it's like how many times does it say god damn it jet i think it was twice yeah. So that's actually pretty good progress. And we saw them, they were much more connected. It seems like they're getting it together. Um, they just they really got to have this UNC game, right? They got to have it. I mean, they're going to be breaking in Kobe. The The nice thing about breaking in Kobe as a, as a point guard is you don't really need him to run the offense. You can have Hunter run the offense. Well, I mean, I think he can handle it. Like, we've seen him make a lot of good plays well, this he, year. Well, he kind of has to. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean like, we're at the point of where and he was, what, 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 yeah. there's not a lot of other great he, options. He was very good in this game, and I think I think that's the, the path forward because it's just Doug McDaniel is a freshman, and he plays like a freshman. And he's going to get better. I think he's got a high upside, and I'm going to really enjoy upper-class Doug McDaniel. Uh-huh. But, Until, you mean before he 
transfers in a year or two. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. I mean, <laughs> I know, I the know. The Frankie situation is this just is so, so weird. It, yeah, there's there's not a lot of times when that happens. I know. And like, there has to be like more to the story where like this family just didn't like Michigan or something weird like well, that. Well, he transferred every single year in high school. So I yeah. feel like that's just like he's not getting good guidance from his parental units. But it, it, it would also behoove Juwan at this point because he's, he's missed the opportunity the last several cycles now to recruit a point guard who's going to be... Well, that's Doug. Yeah. but Like, Doug is not an NBA prospect. Right. He's, he's tiny. Yeah. And so you've got an opportunity. I mean, and Frankie was not going to be an NBA prospect either. Like, unless he radically changed his shooting, which uh, he's actually not doing that bad this year, but still, like, a long way away. So those guys were both going to be developmental point guards, and you were going to start, you know, paying off your development of Frankie Collins this year, and then you just get put behind the eight ball. Yeah. And pretty disappointing, um, especially because Frankie Collins is on a team that's going nowhere, too. So it's like. Well, I, again, that, that situation paid, right? is like you can't expect. You, I guess. Yeah. If guys go to Arizona like, State, if, it's like. Argh. I mean, if Arizona State is outbidding you for your starting point guard, you got problems. Well, that's. Different podcast. Yeah, that was a different podcast. So, I mean, at this point, I mean, just they are putting it together. Like, they, they lost to Virginia by two points. Well, yeah. I mean, Craig told me a week or so ago they're going to get absolutely rocked in both these games, and both of them they had a chance to win. Yeah. I don't know that they were the better team in either game, but they... No, but they, they were but hanging they, with teams that are definitely going to make the tournament. Or de- no, no, no. Both, I mean, well, Virginia's like top five or three, right? Yeah, I mean, they're both very high up in the Ken Palm rankings. Have not been playing to that level, particularly Kentucky. Yeah, but, but Kentucky's got two losses actually already. Yes, um, and it's you know they just got to get some games in here that they can win. Is not great that their non-conference schedule was two teams that aren't very good, and then Virginia, Kentucky, and UNC. Yeah. Like, well, they have a game in between. But. Yeah, but you, well, no, a couple but games. Just, just no, but you should have oh, get, yeah. like, get like an Arkansas or a Clemson in there. Where, I mean, like, Ar- you know. Arkansas is pretty good. Well, well, actually, yeah, yeah. Muscleman, they are pretty good. But just yeah. like teams that are better than Pitt, more winnable games that you can like Ari- Like Arizona State? Well, Arizona State is apparently better than Pitt. But uh, uh, just, you know, got five cracks at some, some non-conference wins, and it's like one of them doesn't even count because it's Pitt. I mean, that's the tournament, so it's really kind of hard. But, I mean, at this point, it's just, like, keep getting better and things will – you'll get there. Like, the outcomes of these two games were very disappointing, but they played much better. And I, think- I mean, that's that's sort of what I thought is, like, I mean, if they get rocked in, especially both of them, but one of them, you're kind of going forward and thinking, well, okay, I mean, they may bank wins against teams that aren't that great, but then, I mean, what does that even mean for the Big Ten? But now, I mean, if they can hold their own, especially on the road – road whatever on different continent against kentucky like okay you know you all you just it's like when an nfl team goes way over there and and you can still function that's a good sign so hopefully they can get that unc game and then roll into the big 10 which is is thursday by the way yeah well we'll see at minnesota i mean the other thing about the roster here is that terrence shannon is not on it and terrence shannon is killing it for illinois yeah well that's a and that's the another department's another problem podcast yeah aside from the other podcast that we already save us santa ono you're our only hope and football football's nice
for listening to the MGO Podcast. I'm Seth Fisher, along with David Nasnek and Brian Cook, who is happy that's just his normal face.